0: The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee, artwork by Helen Rachel Lee, music by Fish Zombie the Onions, and special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be.
1: Chapter 106 Going Home 1886, April 29th The Railroad Camp, Denver, Colorado.
0: I don't really see what the problem is,
1: Paris said as she sat across from Odysseus in the security tent.
0: She defended herself, and other people defended her. I've killed more people than she has just on our journey here. Luke killed more people than either of us combined. Do you think I'm crazy because I live in a violent world?
1: Odysseus hesitated for a moment as he looked over Paris still wearing men's clothes. And what he felt was way too many guns.
0: I, I don't think you're crazy.
1: He lied.
0: But you must understand, it's not what she's done we're worried about. It's what she's planning to do. None of this is a coincidence. Nothing that has happened has been a mistake. The Baron, or the General, was chosen as the bridegroom for a reason. Lucy has plans of her own. Helen has plans of her own. Even I am not exempt from doing what I could to manipulate the situation. Everyone is working towards their own means, especially Helen.
1: 1883, August 10th, New York.
0: She's not insane,
1: Odysseus argued. My father sat at his desk, looking skeptical. He picked up a file, slamming it down.
0: The doctor would seem to disagree with you. This whole experiment has been for nothing. What good is it, having a daughter who is more likely to kill a man than to kiss him? It's time we ended this. Bring her back to New York. We will put her in a proper hospital and forget any of this ever happened. She's eccentric. I'll give you that. But there's no reason to lock her away for the rest of her life. Let's bring her home, and you can see for yourself. She's charming. She's beautiful. She's everything you would want your daughter to be. Wonderful. She's charming. She's beautiful and deadly. I don't want her here. Dear God, I'd fear for my own safety. No, the situation has become untenable. I cannot find her a husband if I cannot even take her to a gala or ball without someone dying. There is a way. You have contacts with papers, don't you? Friends? People who owe you favors? I may. I propose we set up a contest. Offer a prize, perhaps a trip around the world, or or maybe stock in your oil company. What kind of contest? A beauty contest. A worldwide search for the most beautiful woman in the world. We'll run a long campaign, maybe six months or a year, and at the end of it, Helen wins. You're going to bring her to New York to enter a beauty contest. She'll kill the judges. We don't need her. We let her stay in France. Instead, we hire an actress, someone who looks a bit like her, with makeup and proper hairdressers, we could take photos of her to run in the paper, and no one would know the difference. From a photograph, printed in a newspaper, it would be impossible to tell it wasn't Helen. The contest is a story. We draw people in, with the idea of the most beautiful woman in the world. We make your daughter the most sought-after wife on the planet. Then, you just have to set your price. You'll have everything you want in. She'll have a husband and a home. No need for any more hospitals or asylums. And what happens when she kills her husband? She has promised me she won't. I believe her. She just wants to live in peace.
1: Odysseus lied.
0: No, no, this is too far. I will not have her embarrassing my family any further. I'm sorry. My answer is no.
1: Odysseus stood from his chair, straightened his clothes, and then turned to walk through the door. But before he left my father's study, he asked,
0: This is your daughter. Don't you want her to be happy? Why should she get to be happy? No one else does,
1: my father answered, and Odysseus left. My father sipped his whiskey, turning over the pages of my file written by Pollux. It described what he felt was the progress we had made and the setbacks we had suffered. From a dark corner of the room, hiding in the shadow, Caster stepped out and approached the desk. Sir, Caster said, asking for permission to speak.
0: Go ahead. What do you want to say? Sir, I mean no disrespect, but I think we may be missing an opportunity here. Explain. If the doctor is correct, she will kill any man she's married to. If the detective is correct, she will simply disappear into anonymity once married. His plan may be our best opportunity. Making her the most eligible bride in New York, we can set a very high price." Right now, she's worth nothing, a liability on the family name and fortune. So, anything we can get for her is better than what we have now. Marry her off, change her name, make her someone else's problem. And if she kills them, then his fortune belongs to her. And once again, she belongs to us. Now, we don't get part of his fortune, we get all of it. So, all we have to do is marry her to someone who... "'Whose death benefits us?' "'What are you suggesting?' "'I am suggesting that rail prices have gotten out of hand. "'I am suggesting that the cost of shipping oil back and forth across this country is crippling our profits. "'I am suggesting that maybe it's time to think about acquiring a few trains of our own. "'Quite a devious mind you have there. "'Lucky for me, I have your loyalty.' "'Family comes first,
1: Castor said with a smile.
0: "'Family comes first.
1: "'My father agreed. "'1885, July 10th, Paris, France. "'Are your bags packed?' Penelope asked me. "'She was carrying a green suitcase. "'I was standing in my room looking around. "'I brushed my dress with my hands and then looked back at her. "'I tried. "'And then I realized I don't own anything. "'Nothing is mine. "'There's nothing to pack.' "'I have the knife you gave me, but it's sewn into the pocket of my bloomers. "'Other than that, I have nothing. "'Well, that's no good. "'I tell you what. Take this.' "'She held out the suitcase for me. "'Consider it a gift. "'You may put in this suitcase anything you'd like, "'anything at all in the entire mansion. "'From then on, you'll consider it yours.' "'Really?' anything anything the doors are all open and the carriage is waiting so you don't have much time the doctor's already left i'm sorry he didn't get a chance to say goodbye what's going to happen to the mansion in the vineyard you know oscar always scheming he used that money that was supposed to go to the headmaster to buy the vineyard and he's going to bring in staff once we're gone there's a patch of grapes growing They've somehow survived, and they're doing well. The new staff is going to use them to bring the field back to life. It'll be a long process, but one day this will be a thriving vineyard again. You own the vineyard? We do now. I think some day we'll return. Some day when this is all done and Oscar comes back to me. I think we'll come back here. I hope you can visit. I do too. This is what you want, right? Yes. Your family is in negotiations with a man I once knew. When I knew him, he was a general in the army. He built trains, laying tracks across the territories, so that he could move troops faster. When he retired, through bribery and graft and simple favoritism, he took the trains with him. He controls what was the army's tracks, and his rail company is now one of the largest in America. Now, they just call him the baron. What do you call him? Agamemnon. Then it is as it should be. His interest in you is waning. He knows that your father has something up his sleeve, and he is reluctant to make a deal. I could help if you want me to. Where does he live? He lives in New York, but he has been working connecting cities in the West. The West? I have to go West. I know. I know. It's just that... The general is not a good man. I never wanted this for you. I want to help you. I want you to be able to find peace, and instead I'm throwing you into the lion's den. Then help me. Help me find Paris. Do what you can. I trust you. I love you. If this is the path I must take, then this is what I must do. I don't remember much about my mother. I don't remember what she looked like. She did not spend time with me, and now I will never see her again. But when I think of the advice a mother should give, when I think about the love and attention a mother should share, when I think of what a mother should be, all I can think of is you. Will you come with me? Will you help me find Paris? That was always the plan, but the wheels of fate are turning, and there are things I do not control. Once we return to New York... "'I'm going to go back to the house we lived in there. "'I'm going to open it up and clean it out. "'I'm going to stay there. "'I'm going to send Oscar with you. "'Please take care of him. "'Promise me you won't get him killed. "'I always knew someday I'd lose him. "'Someday he would work for the General. "'Now, when the time has come, "'I don't want to let him go. "'I don't want to let you go. "'Why can't you come with us? "'I'm pregnant.' I have to stay in New York. Travel will endanger the baby. Penelope smiled at me. Telemachus! I hope so. After all these years. Looks like you're going to have a brother. I'm going to have another brother. I told her as I gave her a hug. I'll always be here for you. I'll be sure you know how to contact me. Telegraphs, letters, anything you want to send. Tell me where you are and I will respond. I promise. Now, go on. Fill your case. We have to get going. Okay, thank you. I gave her one more hug, and then I rushed out of the room.
0: Do you think she's ready?
1: The question seemed to come from nowhere. Then suddenly, Penelope felt the presence of her goddess step up next to her. It doesn't matter whether she's ready or not. The wheels are turning. She's on her way.
0: Do you still want to help? Of course. Then... You need to do two things. First, you need to tell Agamemnon where you are and what you've been doing. It will be the final worm on the hook. And second? You need to tell the rest of the world. You need to put her in danger. Make it clear who she is and where she's going.
1: I need to put her in more danger?
0: Why? Her fate cannot be changed, but it can be pushed. She needs a friend, someone who is on her side and her side alone. If you put her in danger, they will hire for her a bodyguard, and that bodyguard will be loyal to her and no one else.
1: How can you be sure?
0: Because I have already picked out the bodyguard. Trust me.
1: And Oscar?
0: You are a loyal priestess and have been there for me. Thank you for taking care of my sister. I know you are going to send your husband with her. So in good faith, I will send mine as well. They will both watch after her.
1: Hades, the god of death.
0: Divine help is divine help. He will take care of her.
1: Of course he will. Thank you, goddess.
0: Blessed be, beloved priestess.
1: Blessed be, honored goddess. 1886, April 29th, The Railroad Camp, Denver, Colorado.
0: So what you're saying is, Lucy wants her to find this lover. Helen will kill the baron if she does, so you want me to make sure she never gets the chance.
1: Paris asked.
0: Yes. That's what's best for everyone.
1: Odysseus replied.
0: Except Helen. Including Helen. I know she thinks she can win, but this is a war that will destroy her. It's just best if she live in peace quietly waiting for a man she will never meet. That's the job. Do you want it? Of course I want it. She needs someone to protect her. I will do that. I swear. This means leaving your home, your family, giving up your life to follow hers. Do you understand that? I have already made her that promise. Then we have a deal. Thank you. This girl is like a daughter to me, and I think... You are just the right person for the job.
1: Odysseus stood from the desk, holding out his hand for Paris. She stood, shaking his hand. He then pulled from the desk a large stack of bills.
0: This will be your first payment and moving expenses. Helen will be married tomorrow night, and then it's back on the train to return to New York. The Baron will most likely stay here, but you will need to go with her. I can do that. Good luck, Penny,
1: Odysseus said with a smile. Paris looked at him, confused.
0: Who's Penny? she asked. You are, aren't you? Hasn't Helen been calling you Penny, like, half the time? No? I don't know a Penny. Penny? Short for Penthecelia? <laughs> oh, I- I'm not Penthecilia. Celia is Penthesilia. She's the queen of the Denver City Amazons. I thought you started the Denver City Amazons. Well, I did. Kind of. With Celia. But I was never the queen. Celia was always the queen. Then what has Helen been calling you? What name did she give you? Oh, (laughs) that. Well, when we first set out, she kept mistaking me for an old girlfriend of hers. A girl she said she met at boarding school. There were no other girls in the boarding school. There was no school. Who did she mistake you for? Some girl named Paris.
1: Odysseus paled. He put his hand on the sack of money he offered and pulled it back to him.
0: She thinks you're Paris. She called you Paris? Not any more. Dear God, she thinks you're Paris, and we locked you up in the train car. What have the two of you been doing? What did you promise her? What did the two of you do at the river? In the hotel? That's none of your business. She thinks you're Paris. She mistook me for an old friend of hers named Paris. Apparently, we look similar. No, you don't. Don't you see? She thinks you're Paris. You're in great danger. Your whole family, your entire town is in danger. You have to leave. I'm not leaving here without her. Now you're planning to kidnap her? You don't understand. This is all centered around you. If you stay, everyone you know will die. I'm not leaving without her. She's going to marry the baron. The baron is going to kill anyone who tries to keep her from him. What did you promise her? What did she promise you? She's not going to marry the baron. I won't allow it.
1: Paris's hand crept near her holster.
0: Why not? Because she's already married to me.
1: Odysseus stepped back. He looked at Paris's hand resting on her holster.
0: "'Stop her! Get her out of here!'
1: Odysseus commanded. Paris reached for her gun, but a large hand landed on her shoulder. She'd forgotten Achilles. He gripped her tight and threw her from the tent. Paris skidded through the dirt, landing on her side. She rolled up and tried to get to her feet when Achilles' foot caught her in the stomach. She was thrown by the blow and rolled, trying to get her bearings. She pushed herself up and into a crouch. Looking out now, there were more security officers, with their guns already drawn pointing at her. Stop! Odysseus yelled.
0: Don't shoot her!
1: He instructed as he stepped forward. Paris stayed crouched with her hand near her holster.
0: I'm sorry. There's no need for anyone to get hurt here. I'm sorry. I know what Helen's like. I know how charming she can be. But she's been manipulating you. She would offer you anything anything if you would kill the baron for her. That is what she asked you to do. Didn't she? Did she ask you to kill him for her?
1: Paris didn't answer. Helen had never asked her to kill a baron for her. Paris had promised to do it on her own. It had been her decision, hadn't it?
0: She did, didn't she? I'm sorry. It's all fiction. It's all made up and fantasy. This is what I've been trying to avoid. This is what I've been trying to stop. She's my wife. I won't leave her. She's not your wife. There is no need to die here. What are you going to do? You're all alone. She's not alone.
1: Paris heard the voice of her father.
0: Thanks, Dad. But if you're not really here, you're not going to help. Oh, I'm here.
1: Orpheus said as he set his hand on her shoulder. Paris turned to see her father standing beside her.
0: Dad? I thought you were dead. That's one way of looking at it. Hold on. I'll be right with you.
1: Orpheus stepped forward to stand between her, Achilles, Odysseus, and his men.
0: Well, it's good to see you again, Oscar. I trust you have been keeping well. You're the Colorado kid. I thought you were dead. I get a lot of that. And Mr. Miller, you're looking good. Did you want that rematch? Do you?
1: Achilles grumbled.
0: No, probably not. These days I let my daughter take care of those sort of things. Now, I appreciate you all coming out, but I'm going to take Anna home. You can keep playing amongst yourselves after we're gone.
1: Orpheus turned and walked
0: back to Paris. Come on, I have Pony already. Dad, I can't leave. This isn't a fight you can win,
1: Orpheus whispered
0: to her. It doesn't matter. It does matter. You don't have to fight alone. Let's go home. Not without her. Luke wanted me to tell you. Every coyote has a pack. Let us be yours. Okay, Dad. Okay.
1: Paris stood from her crouch and followed her father to where he kept Pony. Orpheus had a white horse saddled for himself. Paris thought maybe an Arabian. He stepped up and then swung his leg over. She followed, mounting pony. Paris took one last look at the railroad camp and then rode away. Agamemnon moved his rook across the board. He tapped one of my queens lightly and then replaced it with the rook and moved the queen from the board. He sat back and smiled.
0: You've lost one of your queens. According to your rules, that means you've lost the game.
1: So I have, I replied. But that's the nature of games. Sometimes you win them, sometimes you lose them. Luckily, you can always try again.
0: Would you like to set the board back up? One more round?
1: Agamemnon asked. No, not tonight. I think it's time to rest. It's been a really long journey, I said as I stood from the chair. Thank you for the game. We'll play again tomorrow.
0: Tomorrow the priest is coming, and we will hold the ceremony.
1: Hmm. And tomorrow the game begins for real, doesn't it? Agamemnon stood from his chair, bowed slightly to me, then showed me to my room. Castor followed behind me. The baron opened the door, showing me a small but well-furnished room. I stepped inside.
0: Good night, Helen. Until tomorrow.
1: Good night, Baron, I said, and then he closed the door. I heard the key shift into the lock and turn. I was once again alone, locked in my room. I sat down on the edge of the bed, exhausted. I stared at the door. I waited for Paris. This has been Helen of the Iron Horse, written by... Paris Lee. Artwork by Helen Lee. Performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead. Except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at helenoftheironhorse at gmail.com the proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the la lgbt center's trans lounge thank you